And the record buttons. Good morning. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. It's a little late because it was Christmas. Uh, so today we're posting it on uh, the 26th, I think. It is the day after Christmas. I have a house full. I have my sister and her husband and my brother. And I have a moment of silence because they went to the grocery store. Hard to believe we're buying more food after all the food we have, but we are. So let's talk about the weekly weather and what's going on in the week ahead. And we're going to get these back on track. You have four people staying in a two-bedroom apartment. It's a lot of people. So hope you all had a very Merry Christmas. And off we go into the week ahead and what's going on. All right, so this is the weekly weather for December 24th through the 31st. Mercury is retrograde. The sun is in Capricorn. The moon is out of bounds Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Mars is out of bounds in Sagittarius. Chiron stations to turn direct. Jupiter stations to turn direct. And Venus enters Sagittarius. You know with this much heavenly activity, we are going to be rocking and rolling in the world. Lots going on. Uh, so also as Mercury goes, uh, it, Mercury goes into Sagittarius, it activates things and stirs them up. And Venus leaving Scorpio where she's very intense also helps us uh, get a little looser, a little more fun, because she's now in a party sign. And her boss, Jupiter, is going to be direct when she goes into that party sign. Uh, so let me get my pointer working here. Okay. All right. Uh, so here are our aspects for the week. You can see we're heading towards uh, that lovely Jupiter stationing direct at the end of the week. We also have Venus going into Sag on the 29th. Uh, Venus and Pluto have a nice working sextile on the 29th. And we have a lot of stuff on the 27th. Mercury squaring the nodes. Sun and Jupiter have their annual trine. And Mercury and Mars meet up on 24 Sag, stirring the pot, getting everything going. All exciting. <coughs> Excuse me, our Mercury retrograde. Uh, it entered Sagittarius on the 10th. As of the 25th, we were in heavy-duty mode with entering her shadow. Uh, it entered Capricorn on December 1st, stationed retrograde on the 13th, and then entered Sagittarius on the 23rd, um, which is, go is it's going backwards, and then it entered, will turn direct on January 2nd, and then will enter Capricorn again on the 14th, and leave its shadow on the 21st. So basically, this is the time for you to reinvent, re-engage, talk to your ghosts, talk to people from your past, make plans, make ideas. Um, it's a lot of energy around new direction. Of course, Mercury retrograde doesn't deny us activity. It just encourages us to pay attention. And because this retrograde is dancing over the galactic center a couple of times, it is very uh, inspirational because we're going to have all sorts of cosmic downloads where we're going to have aha moments about things we hadn't realized before. Aculus, acumen, I had one the other day. We were out driving around looking at the lights with one of my neighbors and he said there were sharks in Bocasiega Bay. I'm like, sharks in the bay? How can there be sharks in the bay? It's like, like water. It's like my peaceful water. Well, it hooks into the Tampa Bay and it hooks into the Gulf of Mexico and there's sharks there. And somebody got eaten by a shark. I was like, oh my God, I 
never felt that way about Bo. I mean, I've been looking at this bay since 1979, uh, and now I find out there's sharks in there. And, and then it kind of changed my relationship. So ha watch for that, you know, watch for that energy of changing your relationship, an aha moment where you go, oh my God, sharks in the bay? I swam in that bay. I've sailed in that bay. I always just thought there were manatees and porpoises. No, the bigger guys are in there too. All right, so on Sunday we had the sun in its annual sextile to Saturn, which encourages us to make some firm plans. And of course, Saturn's in Pisces, which is the sun's ruler. So the two of them are working together. It's a closing sextile, which means we are distributing information. We came up with a plan. We're figuring some stuff out. And over the next few weeks, the sun will come to join Pluto for the last time in Capricorn for 248 years, because Pluto is going to be migrating into um, Aquarius in January. So we have some really potent uh, last bits of information we're going to be learning from Pluto. Watch for them now as the sun approaches that sextile because they're in a configuration that the, the Hubers, Bruno and Louise Huber, call an ear, which means you can hear things that you didn't realize. You can learn things you didn't know about. Mercury is also involved in the ear, the Mercury retrograde. Sharks in Boca Ciega Bay. <laughs> My nice house just got turned into a shark, shark fest out there. Um, so at any rate, that energy of the finger of God, uh, not the finger of God, the ear of the ear, where you hear things, and Mercury on the galactic center, talking to you, giving you information, giving you ideas, giving you things to think about that you hadn't. And remember, the moon is out of bounds in both Gemini and Cancer. So the Gemini moon is going to answer to the Mercury that's wild and sad. So the two of them are kind of a little over the top, frankly. And then we go into the moon in Cancer midweek, where the moon is still out of bounds, but it's an emotional sign of family, tribe, and community. Next up, we have Venus trining Neptune. That happens, that perfects on Monday, but we actually have it all, you know, we've been having it the last few days. And Venus in Scorpio is a very impassioned Venus, and she is trining Neptune, which she does once a year. But this also encourages us to break free from relationship things that we've maybe been hanging on to or shift how we're going to work with them. So with the Venus sextile trine Neptune, you know, you may have an existing relationship that things have been not quite the way you want. It's not a mean aspect, but it's an adjusting aspect. And it says, I'm going to adjust how I handle this with you. We're going to take a different approach. And that's the thing to think about. Venus in Scorpio has an understanding of other people's psychological issues. So if you're dealing with someone who has trouble showing up for you, maybe that's their issue. And when you shift it, it goes away. So way back when, a long time ago, I had a friend who I, I like to give presents. It's one of the things I like to do. I got that Mercury ruling the fifth. I'll find a present. I won't necessarily do it on the holidays, but I find you a present that's perfect, and I get it for you. So I had this friend, and I always bought him presents because he was one of those people, you know, um, what's the right word for it, hadn't been raised with any kind of abundance, hadn't been raised with any kind of, you know, you can do this for yourself, so I always felt like I had to give him things, which was okay. We were friends. It was, wasn't a romantic thing at all. But it got 
to a point where I kind of was like, you know, I always buy you presents. And, you know, you never give me anything back. And, uh, you know, and he was always grateful but a little weird, you know, when he got the present. So I said to him, so, like, I talk to you about this. You know, Christmas was coming. And I was like, I kind of talk to you about this, you know, because, you know, I've noticed this over the years. and Maybe we need to adjust this. No, no, I, I, you know, I like getting, I like getting presents from you. I'm like, okay, I, I hear you. That's good. And I'm not saying you have to give me a present back, but I've noticed you're very weird about it, and you always do this dance that you're going to get me a present, but then you never do, which is okay too. You know, everybody does the, everybody does them, right? So I said, so I think what we're going to do is maybe take the pressure off and not do presents this year. And he was like, okay. Well, didn't he get me a present? He actually called a friend of mine up, and he got her to go in on it with a set of luggage, because I was going on a trip that year uh, to Europe, matching set of luggage. Um, and I was like, that is like so weird. I stopped giving him a present, because it clearly was like a weird dynamic with him. And now all of a sudden, he's giving me a present. Huh. That's this energy, this Venus trine Neptune. So if you've got somebody that's got some kind of psychological thing going on with you that you're really trying to figure out, this is a good time to experiment with changing it <laughs> and say, hey, you know, I think I'm going to change that uh, and then see what they do because that's that Venus trine Neptune. Um, we also have the nodes of fate on the world point. So this is important times for people and connections and relationships. We have Chiron stationing direct. Now, Chiron, you know, is a, in Aries. It has an elliptical orbit. It takes 49 to 50 years to go around the zodiac, which means 49 to 50 years around our chart. And whatever sign he and, he, and because he dances between Saturn and Uranus, we always have to watch where he is to see what he's in charge of. So um, Chiron right now is uh, in Aries. You can see him here. Saturn's in Pisces, so he's leaving Saturn in Pisces and he's heading towards Uranus and Taurus. What that means is he's going to take the structures that he's built, Saturn, and he is breaking them apart and heading towards chaos, Uranus and Taurus, heading towards change, heading towards new things. Chiron in a primal sign, a cardinal sign, Aries says, I got to take action and do that. That's the energy. It's also helpful in your own chart. Look to see where Chiron is. Is he going from Uranus, chaos, to Saturn, building structures? Or is he traveling between Saturn and Uranus, taking the structures, and in the process of going towards Uranus, breaking them down? Now, in those, the case of those of you with Saturn and Uranus together, in the 90s, 89, 90s time, that was the destruction of Europe. When the Soviet Union fell apart, the Berlin Wall fell, the EU got together. It was a whole reorganization of the structures of that country, right? So, because those were conjunct. But most people have them in separate signs, Saturn and Uranus. So look in your chart and see, are you a builder or are you a breaker aparter from your soul's perspective in healing its wound? Mercury squares Neptune. <clears throat> this is, of course, a annual aspect too. Like I said, this is a big week, a lot of annual aspects. And Mercury is squaring Neptune retrograde, which means he's going to square it again. This is the second one. <laughs> He'll be back. And as he squares Neptune, he makes you aware of things. He makes you conscious of things. He helps you see things that you hadn't seen before, all to the good. But he also is in uh, out of bounds. 
Or he's not out of bounds. He's also in a sign he doesn't really like much, and he's about to get goosed by Mars, who is out of bounds. So Mars is coming up, and he's going to pinch Mercury's butt this week, and Mercury's going to go, ah, da, 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 da. right? So Mars and Sag is a little provocative, likes to, you know, when we were kids, my father would reach over and gram, grab my grandmother's knee and kind of squeeze it right by the top of the knee bone, and she'd jump like a goose, which, of course, made all the grandchildren very interested in doing that to Grandma. <laughs> I still remember her ripping my cousin Christopher a new butt because he did it a few too many times. She was like, Mark Orley, you're making these grandchildren squeeze my knees. And my father would, of course, laugh because he was an Aries a little provocative. But that's the Mars Mercury. You know, you're going to be provoked. You're going to have somebody poke at you. Poke, poke, poke. I want to poke at you and make you react. So that energy of the Mercury square Neptune uh, is is that energy. It's a little deceptive, but it also is the second pass, so secrets are being revealed. Um, this is kind of one of those, this is one of those aspects when tapes get leaked. You know, we find out stuff, papers get leaked, things come out. So kind of watch for it. That will be on Wednesday. Uh, the sun also has its annual trine. Here all the week, the annuals this year, this week, a lot of annuals, which means a big week. Sun has its trine to Jupiter. Who is stopped in the sky? So with Jupiter paused, <clears throat> remember, outer planets pause for five days. Jupiter stations on the weekend. So we're in the pause of Jupiter. And so as the sun trines Jupiter in Taurus in his annual journey, he's in a closing trine, meaning he is distributing information that he's worked on since he, the sun met up with Jupiter last spring. Okay, so he's in the mood to kind of send the goodies out. So that's a really good day for shopping. It's a good day that's Wednesday. It's a good day for overspending. It's a good day for travel. That'll be when my sister and her husband head back north to their house. It's a good day for new, um, what's the right word for it? New ideas about how to work with things. And we also have the Mars-Mercury goosing going on. You can see the Mars and Mercury are very close to each other at 24. And so we have this travel energy. It can also, because the moon is out of bounds, it also has a homeward bound section, and the moon is in the process of squaring the nodes, which does bring a bit of melancholy because the nodes are on the world point, and we know we're dealing with the moon in the bends, uh, which has an energy. We also have a full moon on Wednesday where the full moon um, takes place uh, where is it? The full moon actually takes place tonight, the 26th. Uh, the full moon is at 7.33 p.m. at 4 degrees of Cancer Capricorn. So you, for this, you go back to when the Cancer new moon happened on June 26th of 2022 and the opening square, which happened on April 20. Uh, no, May, March 26th of 2023 for the full moon energy. And I did think, I forgot to put the full moon in and then I forgot to do it. But in this full moon, there is a grand trine. There also is a mystic rectangle, which encourages us to step forward and claim a new energy. So thinking back to the June of 2022 and what was going on and the... Um, uh, the March of this year, what was going on, that you have the full moon energy culminating, and that's going to happen Tuesday night around 7.30, and then we have the sun trying Jupiter right after, 
which is kind of a happy flowing energy. We also have Mercury retrograde meeting Mars. Now this is the second of three. That's the goosing energy. And Mars, of course, is out of bounds. The moon is out of bounds. There's a lot of over-the-top energy and a lot of pl big planetary configurations this week which make for decisive action in our world. You know, a lot of times we have like a quiet week. This is not going to be a quiet week. This is a week that's got a little hoo-ha going on in it. And so with Mercury retrograde hitting Mars for the second of three, Mars out of bounds, there's an energy of over-the-topness, and that's going to be on Wednesday around 7.30 at night. We also have Mars square Neptune, again, an annual aspect. So Mars square Neptune has an understanding of how do we get to the new place. It's a closing square. Uh, when Mars gets to Pisces in about uh, six months, we'll have the conjunction and start a new chapter. But this is having you think back 18 months when Mars and Neptune met up, and now the closing square. This is an aspect that happens uh, once every two years. So this has a lot of energy around making choices. And of course, with Mars out of bounds, uh, we can be a little excessive in our choices. There is, again, a mystic rectangle involved in the sky right now. So mystic rectangles often have us feel like there's a calling, that we have a calling to go do something. And if you do feel that, go do it. This square takes place as there's a grand trine in water with an out-of-bounds moon. So it's an emotional calling. And so whatever you're emotionally called to on Thursday, follow up on it. It's a good thing. And then we have Venus sextiling Pluto, again, um, an annual aspect. But this is the last time she's going to be talking to Pluto for 248 years. This marks, yeah, because Pluto's going out of Capricorn. He's been in there since 08, so every time she has a closing sextile to him, he's been in Capricorn for the last, since 2008 years. Now, he's like, okay, we're going to say goodbye, honey. And it's a goodbye energy. It's very much a sadness and a departure. And it's uh, those aspects are at 29 uh, anoretic degree, both Venus and Pluto. So this is a sadness and a sorrow. And it also is an ear. Or I'm sorry, it's also a minor grand trine. So I always, whenever I see this aspect, I always think of that song, A Kiss for Luck and I'm On My Way, you know, from the Carpenters. Um, so this Venus styles Pluto, a kiss for luck and we're on our way. We've only just begun, but we know we're changing because we're beginning. But it is a disseminating, sending information out energy, and it is a wrap-up of power dynamics, and that's going to be on Friday. Next up, Venus enters Sagittarius, which is one of her favorite places. She has that lovely little... Uh, closing sextile to Pluto and then she goes into the fire signs as Jupiter is stopping in the sky. So she is in the mood to express herself and to say, hi, here I am. I want to go a little wild, a little high, a little out there, and I want to be in high communication. Right. So Venus and Sag has an element of expansion that's going to be on Friday. It also is approaching a square to Saturn, which will take place next week. But that energy is very much, uh, it's a little sobering. You know, it's when you realize, okay, now i got to pay the Christmas bills. Okay, now I have to pay attention to my value and my worth. Because Venus square Saturn, again, happens every year, but Saturn's in Pisces. So it hasn't happened yet with Saturn in Pisces where he's saying, what really is the value to you? What do you want to carry along? Saturn in Pisces is kind of the 
the dregs, the, the last sign of the zodiac, right? So he's all about what actually do you need? Do you really need that? You know, so if you think of Pisces rules, institutions and nursing homes and hospitals, when you go to a nursing home, you know, you get that, you're in the bed, you're sharing a bed with somebody, you have a dresser, you have a closet, you have a couple bulletin boards for some pictures, but all that life that you lived, you know, it's all behind you. It's not in the accumulative phase. It's in the diminishing, the releasing, the letting go phase. So as Venus and Sag squares Saturn, this is a diminishing, releasing phase, saying, what excess do you have? Do you really need all that excess? And I'm going to suggest you go, no. Uh, in my land, my brother and I are going to be taking things to goodwill. <laughs> because um, I've been making a list. I don't really need that. I don't really need that. Let's declutter. Let's release. So it also can be physical runs to goodwill uh, just because you don't really need it anymore. Next, Jupiter stations to turn direct. That happens on Saturday. But again, the five days before and the five days after. Now he's back where he was in May, time frame, end of May. And now he's ready to go forward. Remember, he went retrograde in September. He and Uranus. Uranus goes direct in a week or so. Uh, they went retrograde in September because all the other planets were going forward. And they were kind of like, oh, geez, Louise, you know, like we've been working on all this stuff and the rest of them aren't ready for us. We're just going to go backwards and hang out for a while. And uh, we'll, go, we'll go forward in December. And so that's why it kind of felt like things didn't really move forward uh, from September because these are the planets that are first... They're in the newest signs. They're in the signs of bringing the change. So Jupiter now going forward, and he's going to meet up with Uranus in April to start a new 13-year cycle. The two of them met up in uh, Pisces back 13 years ago, and they worked on a dream. So in April of this year, coming up, 2024, they're going to meet up. So you're really ending the dream that began in 2010, 13 years ago. And so this has got a little quality of that. What else do I have to wrap up from that 13-year story? Um, I am going to be teaching in a relationship program with Margaret um, Gray and Rachel Lang. <clears throat> we have a three-day intensive that starts on February 16th and runs through the 18th. And then we will have a series of classes in the spring and fall of next year. So the information is at relationshipsandastrology.com as it says, and and is spelled out. Um, and check it out. It should be fun. All right, so let's look at the uh, daily aspects for the week and the moons. I forgot them last week. It was my first week back after <clears throat> being off for my surgery. And I hung up the podcast and I went, oh, darn, I forgot the moons. I have them sitting right here in front of me so I remember them. So the sun goes from two Capricorn to five. This, remember, it's slow because it was just stopped, right? Instead of a degree a day, it's a little sold slower on the solstice. Um, the aspect, of course, that it's big with is that sun trine Jupiter and the sextile to Saturn. So he's working with the outer planets around shaping your relationships and your structures and how you connect to the outside world. Mercury is in Sagittarius, retrograde. And he enters, he meets up with, he squares Neptune and he meets up with Mars, as we mentioned, on the 27th. So that's a big hoo-ha. And then he is, uh, he's just frisky and full of, full of spit and vinegar, as my mother used to say. 
Um, and he is frisky, and he is Mercury Mars. So that can be a little provocative, too, like my father with my grandmother, and then all the grandchildren thought it was a great idea <laughs> to squeeze grandma's leg. Let me tell you, my grandmother was an Aquarian. She was not happy with that whole plan. She gave it, she gave it away with my father, because he was her son-in-law, but the grandchildren squeezing her leg? <laughs> not happening. Uh, Venus this week is going from 24 Sag to zero, or between 24 Scorpio to zero Sag. She's moving quickly. Um, she has her sextile to Pluto, and she has her trine to Neptune. So she's in a pretty good mood. And then when she enters Sagittarius, she's pretty fun. So this is a nice week for money, relationships. I'm going to go get myself a new cell phone. I'm not going to get it until Mercury goes direct, but I'm going to go research it. Because um, I have a cell phone 7, and I got things for Christmas, I can charge them, but I have to have at least an 11. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, like, I'm an old computer girl. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it ain't broke, but I can't charge my phone the way I used to. All right, Mars this week does meet up with the nodes of fate. Uh, and Mars is out of bounds, so he is really active. He also has the square to Neptune. He also has a little bit of a, a trine to, to Chiron, or to Eris, the goddess of discord. That happens on the 27th. I didn't bring that up because part of it is we're going to be feeling feisty, which is great. And Mars is direct and straightforward, and Jupiter's stopped, so he's going to kind of dig in a little. You're not going to miss this aspect. Uh, you're just going to go, whoa, that's feisty. And Jupiter stations this week, as I mentioned before, on the 30th to go direct at 534 Taurus, so he's not moving fast. Mars is going from 22 Sag to 27. Chiron station direct at 15 and a half, 15 degrees of, and 27 minutes of Aries. And the rest of the planets were pretty quiet. In terms of our moons, <coughs> the moon today, well, the moon on Sunday was in Taurus, and then Christmas Eve was a Gemini moon, full of good spirits and all. And the moon went void with an opposition to Mercury. Uh, there's a full moon today, Saturday, uh, the, wait, the Sunday was a Gemini moon, uh, the Tuesday moon is full, so the moon goes into Cancer, uh, it goes void at 2.55 a.m., it goes into Cancer around 10.15 in the morning, it's out of bounds in Cancer on uh, 10.15 Tuesday, this is East Coast time, when, you can tell I haven't done this in a while, I'm like, Oh, yeah, i got to do the out-of-bounds. Kwanzaa begins, Boxing Day begins. It's Boxing Day in Canada and the U.K. Uh, and I thought, somebody told me the story of Boxing Day. Is they help, the, the help all takes care, care of the family at Christmas, and then they box up food, and they go home, and they get the day after Christmas off. And it's called Boxing Day because the food's in boxes, which is what's the case in my house, too. We have a lot of food in boxes. Actually, Tupperware, but it's the modern equivalent of boxes. Um, so the moon is in Cancer uh, Tuesday, uh, and on Wednesday it's in Cancer, and on Thursday it goes void at 5.57 p.m. So we got three days of Cancer moons, three days of the moon out of bounds, and the moon goes void with an opposition to Pluto. It's void for t an hour and a half or so on Thursday night. Then it enters Leo, where it is still a little void. Uh, and it's in Leo the evening of the 28th, the 29th, the 30th, it's in Leo, and it goes void at 12.18 a.m. on the 31st, New Year's Eve, it goes void um, with a trine to Mars in the morning, 12.18 a.m. 
The moon is void all day New Year's, all morning, midnight, night New Year's Eve, entering Virgo on 6.53 a.m. on the 31st, and then it will be in the Virgo for the first couple days of the New Year. Virgo moons are always good for New Year's resolutions, and this New Year's resolution will be a moon trine Pluto. So uh, I remember back when I was learning astrology, my astrology teacher, John Marcusella, said, well, I never do New Year's resolutions on New Year's resolutions days. I look for when there's a good day to have a New Year's resolution, and that's the day I do it on. And I was like, wow, what a concept. Of course, that made me start thinking the good days and bad days for resolutions. So the good news is this New Year's Eve is a good day for a good resolution that will stick. However, Mercury is still retrograde, so it'll change a little. You know, you go, okay, I'm going to go on a diet and lose a lot of weight. It'll go, okay, because when Mercury goes direct, it'll shift a bit. But it's a good day for at least thinking about that commitment. The busy day in our week ahead is Tuesday. Lots of aspects Tuesday. And lots of aspects the 28th, um, including some harder ones. So the 28th is a little difficult. Uh, in terms of our difficult days. And hopefully that gives you some idea about how to work with the week. I didn't do any politics um, this week because I've been off my phone, uh, basically, because I have a house full and uh, hard, to, um, hard to be paying attention to politics when you got a lot of people in your house. So I think I need to get out more. That's what I learned from having all these relatives. You know, if I'm out more, I'm probably not going to look at my phone as much. And that's not a bad thing. I'll still be paying attention, but I was like, eh, you know, let me go watch a Christmas movie. In which case, we watched the new Eddie Murphy movie last night. It was great. Um, uh, I don't remember the name of it. <laughs> huh? Candy Cane Lane. That's my brother in the background there. So the new Eddie Murphy movie was very cute. He's married with three kids, and he has Tracy, I love Tracy um, Ross in it, and Diana Ross's daughter, she's in it, Tracy Ross Allison, and it's just a very cute movie. And he wanted to make a Christmas classic that people would watch every year, and I tell you, I will watch it again next year. It was very cute. So have a very merry Christmas. Hopefully you had fun. Happy Kwanzaa to my Kwanzaa people. Happy Boxing Day to my Canadians and Brits. And I'll catch you next week before the new year. So we'll have a New Year podcast, a New Year's Eve podcast. Uh, and then we'll be back to business, working regularly, trying to get the podcast out in a more timely basis. So very, very Merry Christmas. Thank you all for tuning in. And I will wave goodbye. There we go. Here's the podcast. Goodbye, goodbye. And I turned the camera off because my brother's been roaming back and forth behind the, in the kitchen. He's over there in the living room right now. So I'm going to go hang out with him and uh, wish you all a great holiday. Bye. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.